The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. You're in the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Sitting across from me at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement here in Evergreen Park is my co-host, Anna. For the first time in over two months, and I'm super excited. We also have our first guest down here as we've opened up following all the guidelines, and we're excited to be back in full force now here at the EP Podcast. A couple things I want to tell you about. First of all, you just heard about the American Legion at the beginning of the show. I'm hearing they're open till 8 p.m. on the weekdays and 9 p.m. on the weekends, which is pretty much sunset in the summertime, but I just want to clarify that. I also want to tell you that the EP Podcast is brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, an absolute iconic institution that we are proud to be partnered up with. You need a bank you can rely on, one that knows our community and provides customized accounts and offers just for us. You can count on First National Bank of Evergreen Park, located at 95th and Pulaski. Locally based community bank committed to the people and businesses here. And now, when you open up a total access checking account, you get a $300 bonus. And all you have to do is open an account today at bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod. They're giving EP Podcast listeners $300 for opening up an account. I remember when I opened up my first bank account, I got $25, and I think it was a gift certificate to a store that wasn't even in existence six months later. Some of you might have gotten a toaster. They're giving $300. Get the account right now, bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod. $100 required to open, requirements to qualify, must use the link to apply, member FDIC. Today's program is basically going to be our live Wednesday program with a few added extras. And we're not doing the word on the street. You want to know why? There's two things going on in the street. One, there was an organized march up at Circle Park on Wednesday. And two, all the patios are open in the area. That's the word on the street. So we're covering that for the entire show. We're going to visit an actual patio in the area while it opens up on its first day. We're going to talk specifically about the organized protest at Circle Park on Wednesday because we were there. And we're going to give you Jerry Dory, one of the owners of Porter Cullens who appeared on the live show on Wednesday night. Remember, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m., you get the EP podcast live, live chat room, live call-ins, and all you have to do is use the Podbean app in any app store or go direct to the eppodcast.com. And also on Wednesday night, Hannah had a hard time adjusting to not being mobile on her iPhone. It was kind of ridiculous. I know you're used to listening on the phone when we're doing I the ca- show live, but you can't do that now because that's, yeah. I had it open so I could see the chat. Oh, you want to see the chat. If well, anybody there, chatted. You can look right over there. There it is. Oh, you're going to chat with other people. All I right. know. I want to have it in open and in front right. of me so I can see when a chat comes up. Right. See, Maura has joined. I All can right. now see that. We will jump in to what happened today up at Circle Park in just a little bit. I thought it was funny. I had a friend of mine who knew I was up there and he's like, if, I, if you're looking at Facebook right now, they're like burning places down there. And I'm like, no, nothing's happening. It's like the calmest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like they're, they're, they're the held- amount of misinformation right. that has been going around. Right. They're oh holding God. hands and singing Kumbaya. And everybody's like was acting like it was the end of the world. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk to our guests that joined us down here. The first guest down here 
since March 13th when everything shut down. Jerry Dory from Porter Cullens joins us. Jerry, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming down here. Now, while you were going through this whole thing, I found it very interesting that people that I knew on Facebook would post pictures of the food of the local restaurants being like, we helped out this today and we decided to eat out. And you were one of the restaurants that would pop up here locally in Evergreen Park. How did it feel to be able to see that when you were going through your worst, that there were people who not only were helping, but they wanted to make sure they told people like, hey, you should be doing this too. Because you can't buy advertising. As a person who worked in radio for 10 years yeah. and now runs this thing and under t- understands marketing and how this all goes, you can't even, you couldn't you couldn't dream of something like that happening. That's all grassroots. And those are people that went to your restaurant and were like, I want to support Porter Cullens. So, I mean, again, we're, we're in a very lucky situation because if we are down on State Street or Michigan Avenue, you're basically screwed, you know, if, right. you're, if you're in these other neighborhoods. We're in the heart of a neighborhood that, you know, these are our friends and families and I'm related to people. You, you know, your kids hangs out, hang out with these people. And it's, it's pretty touching when that many people step up and be like, hey, we're going to make sure you guys survive. And, you know, you don't, that's a pretty cool experience. And especially when people are calling you like, hey, you know, we're going to make sure we take care of you. And it's touching. So now the patio's open. Uh, what was the experience like and and how has it gone up until this point? So the outdoor experience has been a, uh, a whole new experience. And I joke around. It's like we just reopened our first day again. Like really? Year one. You had people that have been off work for four or five weeks, six. It's almost eight weeks, 10 weeks. I can't even do my math. You had people that worked for you that basically hadn't done anything yeah, in a while. Yeah, like busboys, high school right. kids, yeah. um, college kids, haven't worked in 10 weeks. So we only had five tables on the outside, and then we, we sat down with the mayor through phone. So sit down is an odd word to use. We talked to him on the phone. I saw him today. He gets right up to you. Yeah, I mean, he's he fearless about this whole coronavirus. Yeah, he so you walked been, right up to me, and he gives me an elbow bump. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, mayor. spectacular. <laughs> so... We kind of laid out a new um, outdoor area, which took away some parking spaces and, you know, wanted the safety of the people sitting outside that a car couldn't make a right turn on Clifton Park and right. take out, you know, a family of six. So he worked with us, allowed us to make a lot of changes, and then it was actually executing it. And, you know, it's we had six days to uh, get this done, and six days sounds like a lot, but when you need to add tables and chairs and basically get people that haven't worked in... 10 weeks back on the schedule and let them know your times. It was, uh, it was quite an undertaking. And fortunately, there's four of us. So everyone kind of picked a, a battle and we made it work. But it's been, the support has been awesome. The people that show up, they're outside. It's, it's hot. It can be uncomfortable. I think people are just excited to get out of their homes. and just I drove by the day you open up. The day you open up, I drive by. You were opening at noon. I drove by, my clock said 12.04, you had every table full. I was, I was like, good for them. Like, I, I drove it's right awesome. down, I was driving down 99th Street, and I go by your place, and every table was full. It was incredible to me that I saw that as I drove okay. by. So I was and you were, not the, you were the only restaurant I saw with that outside. I went by a couple other outdoor patios. They weren't packed at 12. You had people that were like, 12 o'clock, I'll be there. And they oh, were it was, there. It was an awesome response. Yeah. And, the, um, and what was really cool is the employees were just ecstatic to be back working you know that was what was really cool to watch i want to give hannah an opportunity to ask a question and the main reason is i've got to get over there and get jerry another beer 
and he's at the other end of the nine foot bar. That's how we social distance here on the I show. Think it's my first beer you ever. I know. I got my second. No, no, no. You had a beer. Look at this. Listen to this guy. <laughs> I was going to show him that I had Porter Cullen's glasses, but I was afraid he was going to think that I stole them. But I won him. I won him in an actual auction I'll at the you, school. Really and I was like, I was like, if I if I pull out the Porter Cullen's glass for him, he's going to think, oh, he ripped me off one of these days. But I won those. I honestly I, I, did. Oh, when we first opened, we actually, <laughs> when we first opened, we actually bought an actual. Uh, I mean a. Uh, a pallet of glasses. Right. Full pallet. I mean, we had more glasses than we ever thought we would need. We don't have one left. <laughs> you want one of my glasses? I got no, two I of don't. them. No, I don't. I'm only kidding. <laughs> but I'm saying they're, they, go. they were ripped from the building as quickly as possible. Them and Guinness glasses are the hardest thing to keep. So I was going to ask you, um, you know, me, myself, I worked several years in the food service industry back in New Orleans. So when all this happened, when all the restaurants shut down, you know, my heart just immediately went to all the wait staff, the kitchen staff, everybody. And I'm thinking they literally have nowhere to work right now. How have your staff handled this this downtime? And are they coming back? Yeah, did you have people like had to jump and go find something else, or how did that go? So we had we have a very unique situation with our with our staff. Um, a good portion of them have full-time jobs. A good portion of them are teachers, nurses, administrators. I don't want to leave anybody out. Hopefully, I've covered all the industries. Um, like one of them's listening right now. Like Jerry doesn't even know what yeah, I do. Know what I do. He doesn't even know what I do. I, I, know what I, do. Um, <laughs> I try to have a personal relationship with right. that person. That's but good. The, um, the our, I mean, the, we do have a handful of people that are professional. In, in the service industry and in our cooks, our kitchen staff is most of them are 100% reliant on the service industry. Some work, some work at multiple restaurants, right? Some work 25 hours with us, 25 hours with someone else. And it's a really tough situation. So that was really our main motivation to go to carry out. I mean, besides obviously, treating the world with our food, but in, in <laughs> keeping the doors open. You wanted to make sure you could take care of those that depended on it. Because some people don't depend on it because they might have another source of income. Yeah. And they might be like, I could survive for a little bit. But then you had these other people that are like, if we don't open the doors, I can't feed my family. So that's that was Correct. the motivation. And we have a lot of talented people that we didn't want to lose. You know, that, that's we have some really good people in the kitchen and in the, you know, that bartend and service that we're like, hey, we, we need to we need to keep everybody we have right right so so we we that's when we went to carry out and the response to carry out was overwhelming like you said you guys killed it people were so supportive and even you know it's the first two weeks like hey i want to do the right thing and support them i'm talking through the whole time you know that was something we asked john brand over at open outcry when he was on i was like it's working now but is it going to work in a month and he's like i don't know and now we've talked to him since then and it's still working but i mean like that was the thing like I remember the apprehension that he had at the beginning. There. He had the same. We're like, in two weeks, is this going to just fall off? In three weeks, is this going to fall off? Right. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial Representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he 
can help you protect them. Did you eat already? Yeah, we had some. We had some. Uh, we had some uh, appetizers. How was the apps good? Everything yeah, was good. Yeah. Everything was good. Everything was real good. I'm sitting on the patio with John Brand. What's this up, is a buddy? long time coming, big guy. Oh, man, I mean, it feels like, you good. know. Must, and it's a beautiful day for it, too. Gorgeous day. It feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is this the opening? Is this the beginning? The today, day I'm here? I'm, on, I'm out here on a Saturday. That's right. Today, yeah. So we opened up for the first last. Last time we served a guest on premise was 83 days ago. I did the math. It's 1.9 million seconds ago. <laughs> 83 that, days. That's a business owner that's had a lot of time on his hands. 11 going, weeks, oh. yeah. about 1,800 hours and 1. 1.9 million seconds. Right, yeah. right. And now you're open and you got, and it's beautiful outside. I yeah, mean, I'm sure it's gorgeous like, day. I'm sure it must be interesting, like you're checking the weather reports now before you open every day, more uh, than you used to. I mean. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I got too many other things. There's so many other things to worry about right now. The weather's the last thing I'm thinking so, about. Right so, so what happens if it rains? You got a contingency plan? Uh, well, we're gonna yeah. So no, I I, I, I joke. No, we're we're watching the weather, and if it is going to be raining, uh, we will. Our plan is to call everybody, all the guests that have made reservations, and then give give them the option, but likely suggest that you know probably today is not a good good day. Are you guys like right now? I know you're doing a carry out thing and everything like that, but you also have those big giant. You can open up a wall. I thought I read that you might be able to run your place with the with the wall open up. Are you considering that, or are you waiting on that? We do have the garage doors up front yeah. that face Western Avenue, and yes, the way um, the, the the way the the rules are written, um, there's this. Basically, like a, like think it's like a rubric. Like you have to go through high school trigonometry to figure it out again. Yeah. But yeah. but no, you can put we can put a few tables in front of that window under the current rules, and we intend to do that. But we're going to leg into that because uh, we first first thing first week or so get the rooftop up and running. Um, this is almost like opening up the restaurant all over again. So we're going to work some kinks out, work the bugs out. Then we'll bring in the we'll we'll set up a few tables in front of the garage door. And uh, the city of Chicago is allowing uh, uh, restaurants to apply for an outdoor seating, a temporary outdoor seating license. So we're exploring possibly put, uh, putting tables out in the parking lot as well. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You've got the back area there, That's too. correct, yep. Yeah, so, you, know, you do whatever you can to get the most capacity that you have. That's right. But we're, uh, we're <laughs> going to leg into that. Your server just came over, and that shows how attentive they are. Yeah, he, okay. came, he came right over, and we both have everybody here's got full beers. He still came over to make sure. So nice job, Marshall. He did a good job. That's a good. That's a good job. Keep hustling, baby. <laughs> All right, so I'm having right now. I got the uh, the dark pool with the cocoa nips. Yeah. Now this thing is that's barrel aged. I was yeah. I was worried that like I when I ordered, I was like, oh, it's gonna be too hot for it, but it's really refreshing. Even even to sit outside with this thing. That's uh, I, about ten months, ten months in a Knob Creek barrel. Um, it turned out really nice. It, it is really really good. Yeah. You know when you guys do the barrels, you, you can't get the same one every time. So, no. Right. So it's the, like the so barrels you, so are you, one and you done. You taste the variation every time that something comes out. Like, well, Knob Creek is different from somebody this, else. Well, uh, good question. It's the first time we've actually used a Knob Creek barrel. And it was a 55 gallon barrel. Uh, we has. It's the first time we used a barrel that wasn't a journeyman distillery barrel. Journeyman's based out of Southwest Michigan. Okay. Uh, because we've been had this exclusive relationship with journeyman to source our barrels, we've had a lot of consistency in our barrel aged beers. We haven't had too many, too much variation. Um, this 
maybe slightly different, but um, you know, we'll still I think we'll still hit all the marks on it. You have like this outdoor thing, and it's great. People are relaxed and everything like that. Like the next phase doesn't that let you open up the downstairs? So it's, correct. So there, as an owner, and I'm, it, you know, I just think this because I know you're going to give me an honest answer. You must be sitting there thinking the next phase is coming in three weeks. I'm following all the rules. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. But really, it, when the next phase hits, all this stuff didn't mean anything. So like, what's going to change in the next three weeks? It must. It must also get to you a little bit where you're like, okay, I got. I got to go through this process. But I also know that like you know this is like I'm almost telling my customers like just bear with me for a couple of weeks because it's yeah. going to get even more normal yeah. as we go along. Right? Yeah, I've tried very, very, very hard, like a lot of people have, just to work and grind through this thing, remain optimistic, and just you know it's life, man. You just got to take what it's what you got to you got to adjust and adapt. And we're just going to do the same. We're doing the same thing here. So yes, it does it. Is it, is it, do you feel the fact that the downstairs isn't open up right now? Yes. Yeah. I'm, but frankly, I'm just happy that there's people here on the You're property. You're just happy you, you built this thing on the roof, you know, this is, <laughs> well, it's what a big around, deal. Looks like everyone's having a good time. Everybody's right? having a great so, time. So I've been waiting in. 83 days, 1.9 million seconds to be able to look out on the roof and see all our guests in our community have a good time. That's all. I'm You're just happy. Ha- I'm just happy. You're happy. I'm happy. What are you drinking, by the way? The, okay, so this is the Speculator with peach. That is what Erica is sitting at the other side of the table drinking. It turned out really good, it didn't it? Really I saw the same yeah. glass and in the same color. I was like, they're both drinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So I haven't had it yet because she's over there hoarding it. Because you know, she's got a... She's we've got, talk, we've she talked. She likes about to drink. Her, we've talked about her drinking problems on the show. Well, before on the show the before, we've yeah. talked about this. Yeah. So she likes to she likes to pour them down. Yeah. I can't get my hand near her glass. I'm afraid she'll bite me. When you go, so tell me a little, tell me a little bit about it. Is the community of Evergreen Park a Aware of this now, like when you go in, like when you go into the Marianos or wherever it is, you guys do your grocery. People, people look at you; they feel like shame. No. Or, no. 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 Okay. But it's it's a speculator, which is like your main thing, and then you got the peach added in. We had the blueberry one just recently. We had the so blueberry guys, about a week and a half, two you guys weeks are basically ago. Basically, just yeah. rotating through the different. Well, flavors. so what Will does, what Will does in the spring and the summer is these purees become available to him. He'll um, and we're constantly brewing speculator. He'll set some aside and then introduce a fresh puree to it. Awesome. Well, it's beautiful out here. It is. Thank it's you. Sunny. It's it's gorgeous. I. I feel normal for the first time. It feels in a while. great, doesn't it? It feels really great being yeah. out here and doing this, and it's. I, I think you're going to have a good summer, better than what you probably thought it was going to be a month ago. I hope so. And you know, with all the, I'll add one thing. You know, with all the uh, additional requirements in terms of the the spacing of the tables and um, our staff wearing masks and gloves and the sanitation, all that kind of stuff, it it it, um, it still feels good to be out and just to be start trending towards the way the you know the world was before so uh, i'm just happy right now i feel great john brand he's on the uh 109,000 block of southwestern avenue you can't miss him when you drive by open outcry they got this beautiful upstairs here it's spacious it's done right and it's great beer and i appreciate you joining me again yeah thanks buddy cheers always a pleasure seeing you cheers Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. 
Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. All right, Jerry, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this thing today. You're welcome to join in. If not, totally cool. Sit there at the end of the bar and have your drink. But Hannah... I want to know what happens. All right. So I told myself I was going up to Circle Park today. One, because I live a block away. Jerry lives a block away in a different direction. Yeah. So he, he, you know, I was like, I'm going up there. Two, because the EP podcast has been a place where people have been keeping track of everything since COVID-19 broke. And I felt stupid because we had set up an entire show and I had purposely recorded and put the whole thing together to come out on Monday morning and said, I'm going to the lake. I'm going to get the kids away from the city for a few days. And I left and the world caught fire. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, no, now I have a show coming out on Monday that doesn't even talk about this. And I was just I was like, I I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, I I can't believe now I have a show that doesn't talk about it. I mean, Kelly Burke had a lot to say about businesses opening up and what was going on down in Springfield and all the different phases with COVID. And we also had Mike Nixon talking about opening up his patio. There's a lot of good stuff in that show, and it's still available on demand everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. But I watched all weekend long people tell me on Facebook and Twitter all the things they were hearing on the police scanner. I spent 10 years as a 911 dispatcher, police dispatcher, and police dispatch supervisor. You may be able to download an app and think that you understand what's going on in a police scanner. You have no idea. For the same reason that I don't know what it's like to hold a gun on a human being, even though I worked in the dispatch center because I never carried one. And I wasn't trained as a police officer for the same reason that I can't give a shot to somebody as a nurse. Even if you gave me the needle and said, poke it there, I'd probably screw it up. This it's a, it's a, it's one of those things where you're on the air and I, you know, you're, you're giving out information. And what you don't understand is what they're giving out on the phone is whatever the caller told them. They don't know if it's actually true. The amount of times that somebody called me up on 911 and said, there's 15 people out here with knives and bottles. I would have to tell the police that the police show up on scene and there's nothing. Now they may rush there. You might hear sirens in the background while they're on the way there. And then after they get there, they'll give like a quick code. I know what the code means. You don't. So if you downloaded an app and you thought that the whole of Evergreen Park was on fire this weekend and you're on Facebook, stop listening to the app about, about the dispatches because that wasn't what was really happening. And I think that what led into Wednesday, there was an awful lot of fear because people thought that things were a lot worse in our area than they were. Like, yeah, there were a couple guys on Twitter. I saw it. There's always a loud mouth on Twitter. Let's go to Evergreen Park and burn it to the ground. All right, that's fine. But, you know, there's loud mouths talking about everything on Twitter. Stop reading Twitter. In the end, those were Evergreen Park High School students that organized that. And when I went out there. I think there were more, I, I'm going to say this honestly, I don't know if this will get me in trouble, there were more white people at it than there were black people. There were more people, that was a rainbow coalition of people yeah. standing out there from who are young or old, black or white or Hispanic or Asian. There was a cornucopia of human beings out there and they're all Evergreen Park people. And there was nothing violent about it at all. They stood out there, they said a few things. They talked on a megaphone. The mayor stood out there. He walked right into the middle of the crowd. I mean, think about it. I always talk about this with him. Here's a guy that got West Nile, and he's talked about on the show before how much it affected his health. If there's an at-risk person for COVID-19, it's the mayor of Evergreen Park. He's out there with no mask, 
so that he can like he had to get the, the mask off so they could hear him on the microphone sharing a megaphone with other people and then walking with people, you know, at a distant pace. But I mean, he's he's really exposing himself and he's yeah. doing it to project calm so that everybody understands that he's on their side. The police are not using any they everything they did today. I was watching it as somebody that has, has, has watched these things happen, has, has been out there, has gone to the same training classes that police officers go to because we have to learn what they know for when there is a riot, when we're a dispatcher. It was very like, let's let's take it down a notch. Let's let's deescalate. They try to keep everybody going in the circle. But when they broke through the circle, nobody chased them. Nobody started a fight. Everybody let them walk. There was, everybody was was respectful. The only person that wasn't respectful is there was some girl that had blue hair with a megaphone who just kept swearing over it. <laughs> and she wasn't the main organizer. Like, I I mean, and what was funny was she kept it's saying... It's always these instigators. No, she, was, she showed up with a megaphone and kept yelling, let's go rush the line. <gasps> bleep these, bleep them. Oh, my and, God. Like, screaming. It was one girl. Did people rush her? No, but nobody <laughs> nobody was listening to her because she wasn't one of the organizers. There's always, like, one person that shows up and, and that twice they left... Circle Park, and they left Circle Park because that was the girl that was, like, pushing people to go through the thing, and people kind of get a herd mentality, and they start walking through the thing. But it wasn't like, they, you know, they left Circle Park, and they walked through the neighborhood, but they didn't cause any trouble. They walked around. They got their message out. It's a good message. Look, that guy got murdered. Yes. There's no way. He got murdered. All those police yes. officers. My, my dad is a, is, is a 34-year police veteran. He did everything from 16 years as a beat cop in the 6th District in Chicago to being a commander in the city for the last 10 years, and he used to be on the board to determine if it was a good shoot or a bad shoot. And trust me, he actually declared some of them to be bad shoots. He's a very honest person about it. And he said, once the handcuffs are on, it's hands off. What do you need three people kneeling on him for? Mm -hmm. And he said that before all the riots broke out. There are so many police officers that know that was wrong. There are so many human beings that know it was wrong. The only thing that I think people get upset about is they think that all of a sudden we're going to have my business burned down. I mean, we're not going to ask Jerry about it because I don't want to put him on the spot, but I'm sure he sat there and thought to himself, God, I hope Porter Cullins doesn't end up with rocks through the windows tomorrow. And and it would have been a real fear because I would have understood that. I would have had that fear. But in the end, this was a peaceful group, and I feel like we continuously are being played by everybody from CNN to Fox News that is only going to show you the worst of what is going on and that 1% of really bad stuff that's happening, when 99% of the people that are out there and 99% of the police officers that are out there are standing there in unison saying, we agree with each other that was wrong. They don't show that very often, and I think Evergreen Park did a beautiful thing today. They went out, they had that thing, the mayor's office never did anything to get upset about it, the police department was very friendly with everybody out there. I saw people who were protesters hugging police officers. Anybody that was online today saying that it was out of control over there needs to calm down. Yes. And that, that's the that's the only message that I can give for this thing, but I'm welcoming anybody that wants to jump in and talk about it or ask about it. I mean, people sat on their porches. They watched. They they, they walked along. I saw people who walked along, got, got away from it, and then walked along. And I think that people just need to understand that there's some anger, and it's justifiable anger as long as it doesn't turn into looting. I always make that joke with you because of Katrina. Yeah. We said it on the show before. That that the New Orleans was flooded. Yes. And there were people that were trying to survive. Yes. And then there were people trying to float down the street on a 72-inch plasma TV. Yes. And that was just theft. Yes. Okay. And that is not justifiable anger. No. And and and, and there and what we saw today was a moving thing. I'm going to tell you right now, those kids from Evergreen Park High School, 
brought more people to their cause through their very well-put-together, peaceful demonstration than any, any violent or angry demonstration could have brought to their cause. There were people out there that I couldn't believe, like, looking at him. I'm like, this, this guy's out here? Really? And he's with them. Yeah. And they don't understand it. There are people that came out there with them that probably would have never have attended one. That's the first time I've ever been at a police protest. My dad's a police officer. I'd never right. be there. I don't even see it as a police protest. I see it as a protest against the fact that something horrible happened. And we, ha- yeah, racism. And we have to address what happened. And I think that there are times where, and, and I, here's the other thing, and I want to open this up if somebody wants to jump in. But the other thing that really got me today that I want to talk about is I think that there's a negative connotation to the phrase Black Lives Matter. And the reason there's a negative connotation that I don't think everybody understands is that when it first happened, it came out of what happened in Ferguson. Yes, Michael and the problem, Brown. The problem with it is that back then in Ferguson, the federal government stepped in and it was President Obama wanted them to step in because he didn't think it was being handled right, right? Yeah. And they had 20-some African-American witnesses that said that the kid rushed the police officer and pinned him in the car. Mm-hmm. Now, that got, that got whitewashed over. Like, nobody... Nobody talked about that because the movement was already going. So now you have people that try to say, well, because it started off of something that really didn't happen, there's something wrong with the movement. That isn't correct. Even if it started off of something that didn't completely happen the way that originally people thought it was, it's still important that everybody is treated equally in this country. And it's still important under the First Amendment that people are allowed to protest. And I was totally in support of the fact they did it. And I thought it was well run. And I applaud Evergreen Park and and, and the people that were involved in it. From the police officers to the mayor's office to the kids from Evergreen Park High School to the neighbors. I mean, there were three or four people on the patch like, we got to go in there and we got to defend our neighborhood. You're out of your mind. <laughs> from what? Just sit there and be quiet. <laughs> from 16-year-old kids, you're going to defend your neighborhood? From Calm ABR down. or all 16-year-old Really, kids. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's all, I always talk about this on the show. There's the fringe. There's a the 10% over here and the 10% on the other side. The other 80% in the middle would like you both to shut up. Yeah. We're done with you. I'm not going to ask Jerry a tough question. Oh, he wants to say, you want to say something. Okay. I was going to ask you, how concerned were you today as a business owner and a guy that lives a block away from the park, but also, and I, I don't know if I'm, I'm giving it up, giving up here, but I believe at some point you were a peace officer, right? I was. I was yes. a sheriff's policeman. I think you were in the dispatch room. I was in the dispatch towards the end when, of your when time. I was, oh, yes. uh, when I was working. So yes, we it was like the beginning together. of my time there and the end of your yes. time there. Yes. There was a, um, but yeah, I was a sheriff's policeman, so I, I would say it's an interesting time to say the least. Yeah. I think they're, um, and, and I do agree with you when your point on the radio is, as a police officer, it takes you years to actually uh, understand what's going on on the radio. Because it always sounds so exciting, it's, right? Yeah. It's, it always, like, you're always, like, your adrenaline goes up the moment a call comes out, but... Until you listen to it enough, you lo- then you realize, like, yeah. they all sound exciting. And in reality is people know their scanners... And they talk in code. Yeah. And that's a that's something that, and it, when I say they talk in code, that's not a negative thing. That's not a, you know, co- where they're trying to talk to each other in a, in a way that's troublesome. It's just they talk to each other in different words because they're trying to get to the point quicker. Right. Because it's, it's time, everything is time sensitive. And there's things they don't give away as well because they don't want people to know certain codes. Like there's certain codes like the officer's in trouble that he says it's like a secret word. Or a secret number, yeah. and then we know what's going on. Yeah, and and we if they if if we told the public what it was when he was saying it, the guy he's saying it in front of him is going to shoot him. 
So we don't give away all the information as to what we do. So, and then you don't know their sidebands. And like, think about this way, Jerry, like if you, if, if somebody heard today during the protest, send three squads down up to the, the corner. I want to push the crowd towards such and such. Don't let them through here. Oh, they're getting out of control. No, that's just a normal command. It, Move up there and set up your yeah. squads so that you can turn them in that way. We're not pushing them. We're not putting our hands on them. Push. No, no, no. We just want to direct them in a certain direction because we're trying to avoid a cluster. Because a lot of it during these protests is the idea of we don't want to bottleneck people because then they feel trapped and then they start fighting. So you want to make sure they always have an out where they can keep moving. Because if they run into a dead end or they have nowhere to go where we can keep them safe, now all of a sudden everybody clusters together and they get freaked out. And so the idea is you want to keep everybody moving when these things are going on. But somebody listening would think, oh, they're pushing them. They're pushing them. The mob's out of control. They got to move them. And that's the problem. People yeah, don't no, get the There's lingo. no doubt. And that's the part where I think from a radio standpoint, you know, on Sunday I was driving home from Michigan and, you know, getting texts of people listening to the scanner and, you know, things are on fire and being looted. And, you know, it puts you, it makes us very concerned. We have a business right here. You know, we can't be in a position where our buildings lit on fire. No, that's not a good thing. It's never a good thing. No, it's no. it's a, uh, it, on the level of bad, it's it's right. pretty high. I mean, Baracko survived, but they had like 12 different locations they were yeah, able exactly. to survive. It was, uh, you guys, you, you'd have no different locations. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, on the level of like <laughs> one to 10, that's like nine and a half. You know, it's not good. But yeah, no, it's, and that's where I think from a, a public, that's where you let the professionals do their job, right? Yeah. So that's where today I was out of my, I lived, two doors down, three doors down from the community center. And I thought the police informed the neighborhood very well. I give the kid who ran this event. Incredible job. Incredible job by the, these are high school he, students. That he put this went together. out and put in, you know, and I think it was on the patch or wherever I read it that, Hey, I live in the neighborhood. I'm not interested in causing problems. This is going to be a peaceful demonstration. And I think it gave a lot of people ease. So to answer your question, I thought, Mayor Sexton and I talked earlier in the week. Um, yeah, we, we wanted to know what their plan was and what should our plan be. And um, he, he gave us a ton of comfort. He just said, look, I'm comfortable that this is going to be a peaceful demonstration. I'm comfortable that you guys will be perfectly fine. Your customers will be fine. And if there's anything changes, I will absolutely let you know. And there was no, I thought today went off as well as it could go. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement, Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.